What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Space Explored Podcast. I'm your friend, Jared. And on today's episode, Seth and I discuss Axiom 2 lifting off with the first Saudi woman astronaut, Virgin Orbit breaking down and selling for pieces, and SpaceX is now joining the FAA side in an environmental starship lawsuit. That and more coming up on episode 60. Hey, Jared, how's it going? Hey, what's going on, man? Back here for another week. I said we willed into existence that we were going to come back, and we did. So we actually have, I'm happy we were going to record this on Monday, and now it's Wednesday we're recording, which is good because two of our news stories happened in the past two days. Um, And they're actually the biggest two stories that's happened in the last week. So happy that we uh, we actually delayed that. So uh, first off, though, uh, we're going to get back to the launch that happened this week, which was Axiom 2. At uh, 5.37 p.m. on Sunday at SpaceX, a SpaceX Falcon 9 with a crew of four on top lifted off from LC-39A from NASA's Kennedy Space Center. Commanded by former NASA astronaut Peggy Whitston and piloted by telecommunications entrepreneur John Schaffner, uh, those two were joined by mission specialists, and I apologize, I'm going to murder your names. I'm not as good as the announcers on, uh, <laughs> on the webcam. Ali, Ak- Ali Akani and Raha, Rahana... Rahana Barnawi, I think that's how you pronounce it. I did try <laughs> Good to, job, man. Good job. I think that's how I think that's how it was. Um, astronauts from the uh, they are both astronauts from the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. They're the uh, first class of professional astronauts. Um, Ali is the uh, second male astronaut. They, of course, the, um, the Saudi Space Commission um, is founded by I can't remember what his name is. Some prince um, is is like in charge of it, and he actually flew on a space shuttle. Um, very very long time ago, like pre uh, it was pre Challenger, so long time ago. Wow. Yep. Okay, so early eighties. Yeah, early eighties. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and it's uh, and then Rahana is the uh, first female astronaut from Saudi Arabia to uh, to fly. So yeah, uh, and then the crew will be on the station for uh, ISS for about eight days before returning. Um, this is actually it was kind of awesome, kind of to see the this kind of like happen. Like I mean, Axiom. This is the second time Axiom has, has taken a, you know, given mm-hmm. space capability for countries that don't have really, like, crew space capabilities. So, um, on the previous crew mission, NASA crew mission, uh, they they uh, had a seat for the United Arab Emirates, um, and that astronaut is currently on board the station. And then, of course, this time now, through a private mission, uh, Saudi Arabia now has the ability to send astronauts into space, which is a huge win for, for countries that either don't have the capability like geography wise or don't have the capability like technology wise financially whatever it might be they can just provide astronauts and then pay for the pay for the flight rather than developing a whole crew mission like china or india or or russia and the united states will have so and you got the you you, you didn't get to go to launch you were in disney weren't you i did not no i yeah i I was hanging out at disney on uh on sunday unfortunately i missed it um but it looked beautiful it was uh it was looks like it was you know great weather if you were in the area close proximity um the booster landed which was awesome that's always a great sight to see so i know that probably drew a huge crowd um but just to go back to what you were saying i I think this is going to be a trend um that axiom is sort of uh setting here they're kind of being a trendsetter with this uh style of assistance to Mm -hmm. other countries um which is great because there are brilliant minds all over the world that, you know, don't necessarily have all of, like you were mentioning, all the resources to to get themselves to space. Yeah. So this just opens up that door. It's almost like the internet, right? It was like, 
localized in one area and then it spread and then all these amazing things and bad things happen but uh <laughs> but uh it just opens the doors to to more opportunity which is awesome yeah before before this like if you before axiom if you wanted to fly to space you either had to have your own system like your own crew system which was you know you russia china or united states uh, just the launch and then or you had to be a member of the you know iss member nation which is pretty much any, yep. you, most european countries um, Japan, United States, Russia, um, and then you Canada, had to right. pretty much give away your astronauts to either Russia or the United States to fly on a shuttle or yep. Soyuz, and now Soyuz or Crew Dragon, and that was the only way to get to the space station. So now, um, if you have, if a country has the funds, which countries have big funds, I mean, I'm sure there's some countries that just can't afford it, but like most countries probably have, they could find the money for it, but like that's totally not, right, right. That's I'm not an economist, so don't don't quote me. Don't even. Don't even comment on that. What I just said—that's stupid. <laughs> but like you know, it's not in a country term. Like it's not that. It's not that much money um, to do. It. I mean, I'm sure like the whole process is a lot of money. But you know, fifty million dollars, something like that, to to kind of launch someone in space is not in, in a country term. Yeah, pretty cheap. So compared to the yeah, billions okay, stop to, talking about money. Go <laughs> to the billions of dollars it takes to develop a system. Okay, so talking about money. Yeah, or the or the one point four billion dollars that uh, Facebook is about to pay. Europe <laughs> for, for their violations. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> there you go. It's like a speeding ticket to them. But yep. meanwhile, you know, you know, 50 million or whatever might be really expensive to some countries. Yeah. Next up, uh, more money. Um, like we said, we're going to stop talking about money, but here's money. Uh, Virgin orbit, uh, the sale pretty much went through, uh, Tuesday, CNBC reported that Virgin orbit, um, has been split into several chunks and sold to various other companies, totaling $36 million, which you think is a lot, but also is not when you're it's talking actually about, nothing it's nothing compared to like, like spacex is worth like a couple yeah. hundred billion or something like that so like yeah yeah that's, i mean that's like an nba salary for a year yeah pretty much it's 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 you, i mean that's what happens when you go bankrupt like you're not really worth your assets aren't really worth that much anymore yeah so uh, first up rocket lab will get virgin virgin's long beach headquarters worth for 16.1 million second strata launch it's purchasing their 747 aircraft called cosmic girl for 17 million Third launcher, uh, which is part of the vast space, uh, they, they're going to—they announced they're going to acquire them earlier this year. I don't think it's went through though, fully yet. Um, is getting Virgin Orbit's Mojave facilities at the Air and Spaceport for two point seven million. Uh, that's like some a test stand, an engine test stand, and, a, and an air for, uh, Man, aircraft. Man, that seems really cheap. It seems I mean, like a great deal. You're talking you can't about, even buy a house in LA for for two million dollars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, you're just talking about like pretty much a lot of land. It's not like a. So right, it's not right. it's not like their but their still. facility in Long Beach, which is like a a big facility with a lot of different engineering equipment. You go along with it, mm-hmm. um, and finally, all of Virgin's office equipment uh, is sold to Enipler or Enipler, some company that's liquidating it uh, pretty much for for wholesale. Uh, then the other remaining items that have not been sold yet is Virgin Orbit's IP, and then the various rockets and stages of the production. I would assume. I would assume their IP stays with Virgin. Like, I'm assuming that it gets absorbed into Virgin Investments or Virgin Group. Sure. Uh, I'm assuming that means, like, that's their their logo, their their any sort of branding that they have. Of course, and, like, their technology, yeah. which, like, you could you could sell out their technology, but I don't think a lot. If you could tell that their, their technology and their rockets have not been sold. So that's kind of a sign of how much people really want this sort of this sort of technology is that mm-hmm. they, they can't sell it um or they haven't sold it yet um 
So yeah, I, I'm sure that that's probably a longer negotiation too. That's probably I would imagine. I'm sure uh, stuff like you know, Branding a lot more... is like no, that's not being sold. Like I'm sure Virgin does not want another company owning yeah. a Virgin yeah. brand. Yeah. So I'm sure. That... No, but like any any blueprints or or any technology that they've developed or you know yeah. anything they've developed, you know, from an engineering standpoint, I'm sure there's a lot more um, runway time that needs to be done. Yeah, and also um, this is going to be a huge bump for 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 Rocket Lab. Uh, we don't know much about, yep. you know, Launcher hasn't really talked about what they're going to be using their facility for other than, you know, they could always use more facilities. Uh, Shadow Launch, of course, is doing hypersonic um, if, uh, test bed stuff with their Rock aircraft, which is the largest aircraft in the world. So having another aircraft that's already built for launching stuff from the air, um, it's going to help them out and, and kind of... Also, 747, I think, is a lot easier to fly than that big old Rock. I don't know. Have you seen Shadow Launch's aircraft? Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's that massive, like, dual body, like, has, like, eight, yeah, it's, air, it's eight, so crazy eight engines on it. Like, I'm sure a 747 compared to that is a breeze to operate. So, yeah, that's going to be nice. Very Howard Hughes. Yeah. And then uh, Rocket Lab's going to be using their, uh, Rocket Lab's, like, headquartered f- a half a mile from Virgin Orbit. So, they're in the same business park. So, they're going to be using that. Makes um, sense. Uh, Peter Back, their CEO, said they're going to be using that for uh, Neutron development, which is going to be a huge bump for them. Very cool. Having their own facility for Neutron. All right. Yeah, that's cool. Next up, kind of the biggest story, and we're gonna, this is going to go right into our, our main topic as well. Uh, on Monday, court filing showed that SpaceX requested to join the lawsuit between environmental and cultural heritage groups and the FAA over Star- Starship's launch license. SpaceX started... Uh, stated that it had every right to join and defend its interest in the case. Elon Musk's company has spent over $3 billion developing Starship and Starbase. For so remember we talked about how Virgin Orbit's assets are like 30-some million? Yeah, they spent two, $3 <laughs> dollars in the past, like, I don't know, like six years on that thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's expected to spend $2 billion this year. Uh, and the lawsuit, if the lawsuit is successful, SpaceX could lose access to launching from Starbase or be forced to perform an environmental impact statement with the FAA, which could take years. So that's this is going to roll right into our main topic today, which is like how absolutely serious this is. So, yep. Do you, how much do you know about this this lawsuit, by the way? Uh, I just just the headlines. I haven't really dove deep into it, so yep. I'm interested to to hear your opinions on it. But. Um... But yeah, I think this is, is obviously going to be a lot more serious than you know just SpaceX making another headline like yeah. most people think. So. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't. When it came out, there was a lot of talk about it, but then like it's kind of like died out. And really, it, it's this is going to have, I think, in my opinion, it's going to have some huge implications if you know if it gets heard by a judge, if the judge makes decisions. Like, so I'm not a lawyer, I'm not a lawyer. But reading through some of the complaints, like it's this is not like a frivolous law. This is not like a like someone without merit. Like it actually, it, right. it, it could have some merit. And, and of course, like I'm not a lawyer. I don't know which. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say whether or not it does. But like, it's not stupid. Like it's not a stupid lawsuit. Um, no. Well, why don't so for anybody that may yeah. not know before you get too deep into it, lay out exactly what the the suit is over. Yeah. So the lawsuit is over. Pretty much, uh, environmental groups think that launching Starship from South Padre Island. Not South Padre. Sorry. Boca Chica, just, just by Boca Chica Beach and Boca Chica Village area, um, is causing damage to the environment. And that SpaceX and the FAA didn't um, do enough investigation into how it is going to impact the, the environment. So what happened was uh, when Starship, Starship went through an impact statement um, for that facility when they originally purchased it, I don't know, like in 
2016, 15, I don't know what it was. It was a lo- it was a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they were going to launch Falcon Eyes out of it. Um, they wanted like a, it was going to be like a completely automated spaceport. Like yes, it was actually a really cool idea. Like they're just going to like they're going to be able to roll a rocket out, tilt it, launch it, like with like almost no people there, and yep. uh, pretty much uh, that has turned into what it is now Starbase with launching and developing Starship. So when they changed all the FAA decided that they were going to just do a programmatic environmental assessment, which is just making sure, like, it's just on top of the old impact statement, like, yeah, it's fine, whatever. Um, and that's kind of like, it took about a year, but, you know, Starship, uh, they still able to do some start, um, low altitude flights, low altitude flights, and, and stuff like that. But, um, end of last year, they, or beginning of this year, I don't know which one it was, this last winter, uh, FAA granted them the permission to launch Starship. And environmental groups were not happy. Some cultural heritage groups think that, you know, or they say that, you know, Boca Chica Beach is um, culturally significant to them. They use it for religious events and all that other stuff, and that the closure of the of the of the beach harms their right to use it. Again, like all this is actually fairly I, I, very it, valid. It, it can it, it it can I think it has enough merit to be heard by a judge. Um, yeah, but again, like not lawyer. Yeah, and just. Just from an environmental standpoint, if anybody, which I'm assuming everybody that's listening to this has seen footage of the launch, mm-hmm. there was definitely damage done. Yeah. A lot more damage than like, expected. If there wasn't a launch, you, if this, this was done before the launch, it would be like, ah, like, let's see what happens. But now it's been filed after right. the launch. And of course, SpaceX, you know, should have done, you know, could have, SpaceX had plans to mitigate some of that issues, but they yep. didn't. <laughs> they, they, they could have waited a few months and like installed what they said they said could have fixed those issues, but then again, like they didn't do it. So, yep, there are some a lot of valid concerns environmentally about this rocket. So sure. now uh, that's going to be going to the, that that lawsuit was against the FAA, not SpaceX. So this week, um, SpaceX is requesting to join uh, on as a co-defendant with the FAA. The FAA didn't really object. I don't think they seemed like they weren't like jump on board, please help us. They were kind of just like. Yeah, yeah, like we need you. Sure, whatever. <laughs> like, I guess if you want to. And then, uh, confusing enough to me, the environmental groups were like, sure, yeah, come on. Like, we want more lawyers against us. Um, that would have been, that would have made sense for them to object and just the FAA because the FAA, if it was just the FAA, they're not going to hurt financially at all. Right. If they right. just say, okay, yeah, sure, we'll do an impact statement. Like, to them, it's just cool. Like, that's three more years of like work for us to do, I guess. Mm-hmm. We don't care. Um, for SpaceX, though, all of this is on SpaceX. So this is where we get into like kind of yep. like how serious it is. Yep. So real quick, yeah. one question, and then we'll jump to break. Do we think that they were sitting there with this paperwork ready to go? Oh, yeah. Waiting for that thing to launch, and then as soon as it launched, uh, they were like, okay, send. <laughs> we'll discuss uh, that after the break. Yeah, yeah they were. Okay. <laughs> But uh, yeah, we'll uh, let's take a quick break and then we'll jump back into the, the deeper parts of this because yeah, it's gonna get really interesting. All right, to answer your question real quick, 
Yeah, like there was rumors that they were going to file this like before the launch, and they were going to try to get the launch license removed be- even before launching the first rocket. Yep. So like, but they never did that. And also, it was a little weird that like we heard rumors that like yeah, like they're they have the launch license secured, uh, but like they just kept delaying it. The, uh, the actual release of the yep. launch, launch license. And so I was like, hmm, I wonder if they're like really like delaying it. So like they can delay it to a point where then they can launch right away. So like they released the launch license at like Friday, like just before 5 p.m. And like courts close at 5. Mm-hmm. If, you don't, if you don't know, like this is like courts. I was, I did, I had jury duty uh, earlier this year. Courts close at 5. <laughs> there is nothing that happens yep. after 5 p.m. So, uh, Releasing the launch license at like at four thirty means like yeah you can't get that in front of a judge at all that day, and it's going to take you uh, until Monday, which is when the first launch attempt was, to even see a judge possibly or even file it and have to wait a couple of days to see a judge, whatever. So whenever they, I don't know when they filed it. I think they filed it after the launch actually, um, and uh, that's kind of like when now it's going to go through the whole litigation process with the judge and and like he's going to look over it a whole the whole process. So here's. Here's the best case scenario. For... Well, okay, so that just for everybody that so everything that you just laid out right is sort of like how we got to this point now, yeah. right? That's kind of how we got to this point. And now. what what and yeah, SpaceX what's, what's like the, sort of the steps that are going to happen? Yeah. So now, like, let's speculate. yeah, let's talk about let's jump into the, like what are the effects going to be or what are the possible outcomes? So yeah, this is all speculation at this point because we're not lawyers. So sure, sure. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I, I, we can have a counter how many times I've said we're not lawyers. Um. So, the best case scenario, I think, at this point, the best case scenario uh, is that it gets thrown out. I don't think that's going to happen. So, what's the the next yep. best case scenario is that the judge probably puts a hold on the launch license because if the judge is going to look at it, you know, it wouldn't make sense to put a hold. Um, again, not an expert. Please don't use this in any case. Um, but uh, that whole like that could take years i don't know like, i don't know how long that could take like it take a while right yeah they could even basically the whole just, case. just hold it up in court forever right yeah like yeah. you can that i mean court case the court system does not move quickly um and so any sort of delay for spacex at this point could mean you know over you know a very very long time before we see the next launch i think they're trying to do a launch this summer right. you know which is po- i think it's totally possible for them at this point because they already have a rocket pretty much finished development wise they're just kind of fixing up the pad and kind of like doing the final checks. So there'll be a whole other system of tests for the rocket, and then they, they'll launch it again. And then they have to get, I think they have to get another, they have to get the launch license amended to give them another launch. Mm-hmm. But if this goes even further, um, if if this is like, a, okay, well, why don't we actually look at the, you know, whatever it might be, maybe it's going to take two years, you know, for the court case to get through. Doubtful, but now we're getting into concern for NASA. So mm-hmm. we haven't talked like NASA is not in this at all either. And I, I talked an article. I talked a lot about this in an article that uh, remember Starship is the lander for Artemis three, and yep. development of that system is very very important to making sure that you, they can launch on time because they have to have. It, it's not just they have to build one and launch it. They have to build test versions and launch test submissions and you know make sure they can you even get Starship out there to the moon like. Like we haven't even tested Starship in space yet. Like that, that has to be done yet because this is not like a test on Starship is not built um, similar to how other companies build their rockets, where everything's validated through simulations and on paper and everything like that, mm-hmm. and then they build a test subject. Um, some of that's been done, most likely. Uh, like it's not like they haven't they've been sitting around doing nothing for the future. But 
you know, a lot of Starship is going to be in, in like practical testing. Like, can we just, just yeah. launch it? Let's just yep. launch it. Test it, launch it, blow it up, launch it, blow it up. Exactly. Until they figure out. Yeah. So the first time it flies in space is, it's not going to be like, you know, a Centaur 5 that has been just impeccably tested to make sure it's going to be successful in this first flight. Um, Starship could fail as soon as it tries to light, you know, it, it, once those vacuum engines light in, in a higher atmosphere, like they could have issues. Who knows? Like we don't know what's going to happen. Like we have to test it and see what happens. And so pushing that back a year, year and a half could, could mean delays for Artemis. Um, yep. And that would be, NASA would not be happy with that because they really like NASA is really pushing Congress right now for funding and they have to really fight these next few years for funding with, um, with members in Congress wanting to cut, you know, funding for a lot of the government. Right. So, so this is, this is an interesting predicament, just a side sort of offshoot here for NASA, right? mm -hmm. Because they're sort of caught in this rock in a hard place where they're the government entity that, you know, is, is like the, for everyone provider. Right. Yep. But at the same time, they also have this like kind of good name, you know, wholesome name. It's NASA, right? Yeah, it's like, NASA. I mean, obviously a lot of people mean, complain, like, yeah, but it's nice. NASA, right? Yeah. You know, they, they're not tarnished, right? But now they're, they're sort of like, are they going to drink the Kool-Aid and go to the dark side type deal to like jump in and defend yeah, like, this thing so that to... they have their best interest? So the only example I can ever think of for the space industry I can think of right now is nothing to do with NASA, it has to do with the Department of Defense. So when ULA was formed, yep. ULA, United Launch Alliance, United Launch Alliance, so his name is the founding of the launch systems from Lockheed Martin and Boeing. Uh, they were supposed to be competitors in the um, ex- Evolve, Expendable, Evolve Expendable Launch Vehicle Program, which was by Bill Clinton in the 90s, uh, which is where we got the Atlas V and Delta IV today. And of course, then the National, launch, National Security Launch Contract Phase Two is where we get Vulcan now. Um, but they merged because it just wasn't going to be financially sound for them to compete, compete against each other for so little launches. Yep. Uh, that went to an antitrust um, litigation. The DOD came in and says, for the matter of national security, we need to have, like, we can, we would like to have two, but we if none of if we can't have, if it's either zero or one, we'll, we'll take one, even if that means it's a right. monopoly. Uh, which is then, then SpaceX gets started. And then we get the whole history of SpaceX. Um, that's the only, like, example we can look back on, like, what NASA could do. Like, for the matter of national importance, you know, we need to not worry about the environment right now and like get Starship developed and launched. Like, like I don't, like I don't know if that's even legal. I don't know if that's a possibility. Like, cause I don't, you know, again. Well, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. And it, it, the thing that I keep sort of circling back and looping in my head right now is always hearing like, always hearing Elon just talk about, and you know, obviously it's been probably been a while, but mm-hmm. he always he talks about this, you know, like we're, we need to leave this planet because it's not going to survive. Yeah um you know forever but at the same time like as we leave it we're you know like trying to leave it you have to destroy it even more so it's this giant oxymoron but uh yeah but anyway yeah it's just it's a really interesting predicament now let's go into like the worst case scenario right now um worst case scenario is that whatever happens in the court case uh, environmental impact statement is required by the faa or the faa agrees to environmental impact statement um that could take years like we're talking right. for many years for that to be handled uh, and finished. That's like past Artemis three, past Artemis four possibly. Um, and now NASA 
is running into an issue where they don't have a, like they're now this is like even a real a worse problem that you know because starship is be, the reason why starship is being developed at starbase is because it is remote enough from civilization to where it can handle these sort of uh what i mean in the in the heart of spacex energetic events um explosions so it can it can handle stuff like this it can be developed it's not flying over populated areas it's not flying near sensitive areas so the the argument of right. like well let's move development to kennedy space center which is already building stuff there um is probably not possible because they can't do these high um you know uh, what would the term like like uh, very threatening to you know existing infrastructure yeah there's no like 39 after watching I was going to say, after watching Starship, there's no way. I mean, as of no right way. now, there's no way that thing could launch at, there's no at way Kennedy that because everything comes so close to yeah. the only crew-capable pad um, in the United States yeah. for Falcon 9. Uh, that's why they're building a crew. If you watched the uh, last night's launch that got scrubbed, they mentioned that at Slick 40, they're building a crew tower. Um, again, that yep. came out a few weeks ago. So they're they're Build, they're hoping to build redundancy, but right now, like NASA has to protect LC thirty nine A at all costs. Like they can't let that yeah. become um, uh, at all demolition. Yeah, ground well, zero. That can't come. That that can't be shut down for any mere period of time. They need to have that open at all times. Right. Which I think it's also this is not confirmed, but a theory of mine is that's probably why we see most launches coming from Slick Forty nowadays. We only see um, LC thirty nine A for very few launches. Um, is because yep. that is a very very important path both for SpaceX and NASA. Now, yep. uh, environmental impact statement would pretty much mean that NASA needs to find another solution for Artemis 3 if they want to stay anywhere close to end schedule. Uh, that would for for anything like that, which is something that um, was announced. I didn't. I didn't. I, that, that came out Friday. I didn't put this even in the notes. That's right. I was going to put this one in the in the show notes to talk about. But Blue Origin won a contract for the the, the second HLS uh, lander for. For Artemis. So they, of course, if you follow the HS stuff, you know that our, uh, Blue Origin was a very big deal for the first time around, and there was a big, ugly lawsuit that delayed the selection for a year. Uh, but now they've been selected to fly for Artemis 5. Yes, sorry, Artemis 5. Their Blue Moon Lander, which is uh, in partnership with Boeing, Lockheed Martin, Dynetics, Draper, um, Astrobotic, and Honeywell, robotic. Uh, yeah. So that is supposed to be, you know, doing a couple billion dollars. To de- I mean, that's like they're covering half of the development, actually. So I think it's going to be like an eight to nine billion dollar lander um, for for Artemis Five. They've already been working on it for the past two years. So here's where my hot take comes in. We've kind of all rounded in our last bit of the show, like in this one bit. So we pretty much <laughs> the recap. You know, we've talked about, you know the start of this whole environmental thing with Starship that they got selected by NASA and NASA has pretty much all his, all his eggs in one basket for Artemis 3 with Starship. Now that's being threatened with this lawsuit. Whatever might happen to it, we don't know. And But if those three scenarios end up, whether it's just delayed for like a year, which probably won't be the end of the world for either NASA or, or SpaceX, it might delay Artemis 3 by a little bit, but probably not by that much. Um... If it gets pushed into like late 2024 with uh, with more litigation and whatnot, or or if they've delayed you know development that that long, that might cause some concern. But if environment impact impact statement does come around, that could really really hurt um, uh, SpaceX and NASA uh, for the development of Starship. So 
here's my hot take. If something like this happens, well, could NASA uh, switch Artemis 3 from SpaceX to Blue Origin, depending on how mm. much they've developed in the past two years already? Because Blue Moon, the Blue Moon lander was going to be a commercial product. So Blue, uh, Jeff Bezos and Blue Origin were, were working on funding it on their own, even when they didn't win the first HLS contract. Now they're going to get um, contract. Uh, now, that, now they're getting funding from NASA. They're going to start launching next year. Uh, do you think, like, they could do it? Hmm. And I gotta, we got to do a quick break because I am actually getting to my record limit on my camera. So, <laughs> quick break. <laughs> Jared, go. What do you think? Do you think they could do it? Yeah, okay. So, uh, could, and really the question is here, could SpaceX find sort of really its first threat in um, in a, a bigger... Yeah, in a while, right? And and this is a, like mm-hmm. a big deal. This is a big project. This is sort of, that could be the first time that they, they actually Every... um, have yep. a legit threat that's yep. coming, you know, and like... Blue Origin and, and and Bezos have been just sitting there in the in the in the corner, just you know, waiting for the right time to pounce. Every program that SpaceX it. has gone into, they've pretty much dominated. Um, you know, yep. it, it took a while for the for the defense contracts to come in, but the the next phase of, of security launches is like we're expecting it to flip in SpaceX's favor for the majority of launches. Crew. They've dominated Boeing. Like Boeing still hasn't even yep. launched their first crew mission yet, um, and they they now have secured the rest of the crew missions for the ISS, pretty much. Um, uh, cargo, um, you know, uh, I mean, them and Northrop Grumman have pretty much been solid or orbital sciences before. Like have been solid together, but you know, even now, you know, Northrop Grumman can't even launch Antares, so now they have the launch on SpaceX rockets. So, like, yep. <laughs> SpaceX has dominated everywhere they've gone. And this lander with this lawsuit kind of like threatens them to being like, oh, maybe like SpaceX isn't un un you know what is it? is is, it, is it untamable of a of a company like they, oh yeah they're, dude. Anybody they're just as human down. they're just as much of a company as everyone else they can still run into issues and yeah issues and, so and here's my issues. here's my hot take uh not a prediction but a hot take um I predict well I guess I'm, I'm I said not a prediction but I'm saying <laughs> my thought is that uh. My thought is that Blue Origin, or insert any other company that might mm-hmm. be sort of like on the heels of SpaceX, will come into major play in the next coming years. This is going to be an un- unpopular opinion, but because of Mr. Musk and his shenanigans that he's been playing over the last six to eight months, um, clearly some, certain things that he's probably lost focus. And I feel like you take your eye off the ball in an industry like that and Someone's going to come take your cookies, you know? Yeah. I mean, SpaceX and, is uh, strong. SpaceX is capable. I mean, there's nothing really. Sure. Honestly, sure. Elon could probably step down. And as long as he's still like the chief visionary officer or something, which is that pulling straight, pulling that straight up. Like if you watch Alliance Tech Tips, that's a whole thing. Right. Um, but like, as long as he keeps the vision on board at SpaceX, he's like, honestly, Gwen Shotwell's running that show. Like Gwen Shotwell's yeah, running yeah, Starship. Yeah, like yeah. Shotwell's running that. She could be CEO easily. So, I'm sure. thing with like Tesla has I don't know what what that person is at Tesla, but they pretty much have someone who's running the show pretty much over there. 
I don't know if Straubel just came back on as, as like board of directors. Like maybe he could move on the CEO. Like who knows? But I, I think, I don't know if it's a big question of whether or not like it's possible for the, a switch to happen between SpaceX and Blue Origin. Of course, if there's a environmental impact like statement like added to SpaceX. However, um, I think it's going to be really tough for NASA to fund Blue Origin to do it them, the, sure. them wise. Like it would take, I mean, it, it would take a big push from NASA, from Congress, from the president, everyone to increase the funding of NASA to be able to fund Blue Origin's lander in two years. Two years? Yeah. Two and a half years? Three, almost three years? Something along those lines. End of 2024. Be ready by 2024. Um, that would be, because right now I think 2025 is when they're going to be launching is it 2025 or 2026? I think it's 2025. They're going to be launching like a test lander to the surface of the moon. So like pushing that up by a year would be really, really difficult money-wise. I don't think it'd be that hard engineering-wise. I think you just need to hire more engineers. Like I think that that's, if, if we learn that's anything possible, from man. government, and that's, throw more money, throw more money at the problem and, and it sometimes <laughs> yeah, that, it. that's all possible. Yeah. It's so just, all right. that's going to be the issues is whether or not we can get, it would take, it would take something like the Apollo program to like, like that, that sort of motivation throughout the three branches of government or two branches of government. Yep. It's going to take that much to actually get right, right. Um, that switch happening, which I don't know if that's possible. I don't know. At least at this time, this, this, this era, I don't know if that's possible anymore. So let's, let's go back down to, um, to where we are like currently. Mm-hmm. What is your prediction for your laid out scenarios of how this is going to go? Like what, what is your gut? Um, I really don't want to predict the court case that much. So I'm like, I'm a little concerned <laughs> that anything is, can get like pulled out or get into, uh, I, but I, this is, it's definitely not going to do nothing. Like it's, there's something. Sure. There's, sure. It's definitely going to affect. Yeah. It's the not getting thrown out. It's way. not getting thrown out. That's right. How much it's going to affect the development is anyone's call. I don't, I don't think anyone can fully predict what happens to that. Sure. But there's those three scenarios of like, it's either just a short, delay because it just got heard and then got and then it got tossed or it's going to be a long delay or it's going to be a very 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 long delay like that's like that's kind of like the three right. i think options in my opinion but other than that like what happens who knows no idea i'm gonna say they go to the 11th hour and then they everything happens at the 11th figure hour. out a way they figure out a way to yeah. make it work so there's minimal delay that's i'm gonna guess that all right yeah. i don't know what that means but <laughs> <laughs> yeah Something like that. Who knows? Like, who knows what all that means? But you know, it's just. But I, I, my gut tells gonna me they're going to figure out a way to, to make it work. Yeah, yeah I think it's going to be messy though. So, sure. Yeah. Anyways, uh, two. Uh, I don't know. That's uh, I. I talked about it in an article. I think a little bit more concisely uh, in a, in the article. So we'll link to that. Um, yes. Uh, Go read. Of course. Go read. So yeah, that's that's pretty much it uh, for that that discussion. I mean. Let us know what you think. What's going to happen? I mean, I, I'm sure there's going to be two sides. It's going to be the environmental side and it's going to be the SpaceX fanboy side. So who knows? They're both probably going to like. You didn't even get into the cult. You didn't even get into the cultural stuff, which is oh a whole other. Dude, like that, like that, like, that public hearing that they held was like the epitome of just two completely opposite sides coming to like just going at each other. Like it right. was. There was right. no one in the middle. It was all Elon is our savior yeah. and. Uh, he is the devil. Like there's, there was, it was just yeah. that was oh, the two I sides. Mean, you literally just described everything 
political in our environment right that, now. So. <laughs> so, like, that was that public statement. It's right I can't imagine how, how much worse they could get from that. So, anyways, thank you everyone so, so much for listening this week. Uh, we're going to be doing this again weekly in video format and other stuff as well. So, we'll, we'll let you guys all know. You can listen to us at any podcasting site, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, on YouTube as a video. And then, uh, yeah, you can follow us at spaceexplore.com. And uh, you can follow me personally. I'm, I, I'm actually tweeting more from the Space Explorer Twitter account than my personal account right now. But uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Seth Kirk. I'm also at, at Seth Kirk at like on all my other social media platforms. And you can follow Jared at. You can follow me anywhere at Hyperlite, H Y P R L Y T E, on any social platform. And of course, that'll be linked in the show notes below as well. See you guys all next week. Cool. Peace.